Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is powered by OK Studios. I'm Jay Bratt. I'm a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for today's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who loves VR game design. We have a very special guest for you tonight, VR artist Kaylee Eliza. Kaylee, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, um, I'm Kaylee. I'm a freelance VR artist and illustrator. Um, so I'm mostly working in Tilt Brush most of the time to create bespoke, hand-painted, immersive environments. <laughs> that's what oh, that's... I do most of the time. <laughs> so when you say massive environments, like how big are we talking? What, what type of environments are you creating? Um, so it really depends on the brief, but most of the time I have a sort of fantastical, magical vibe going on. Um, so people usually approach me for that sort of thing, uh, just because they see it a lot in what I do. So I like to combine um, like futuristic elements with natural elements, which I think works really well with Tilt Brush anyway, because uh, of all the animated brushes and everything. So um, sometimes it's sort of vast um, desert landscapes or a lot of forests I get given because I like doing that. Um, so I think people can tell that they like I enjoy painting those. Um, but yeah, it really just depends on the brief. Sometimes it's um, it's not even actually for VR purposes and it might be for just conventional music videos and that kind of thing. So it's quite a variety, really. It really depends on the brief. <laughs> That sounds so cool. We're gonna ask. We're gonna ask a lot more about what Kaylee does in the further in the podcast. But I want to say a huge thank you for your coming on. I think you're actually the first artist we've ever had on the podcast. So oh, wow, that's super amazing. exciting. <laughs> thank <laughs> hey, you. Our, thank you. Uh, <laughs> our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our Discord and Patreon communities, followed by some of the latest, greatest VR news. We discuss the games and experiences we've been in and VR concepts from there. If you haven't already seen our YouTube channel. We're all sitting here in virtual reality right now. We're sitting here giving each other dirty looks and scowls. Uh, <laughs> make sure to check us out there. Or, of course, check us out on our audio platforms if you're only checking out the YouTube. So as far as Q&A this week, we had some fun ones. I think we have some exciting questions to answer. The first one was from Fundy. He says, what's the worst VR game you've ever played? Uh, Adam, maybe you go first. We'll just work our way back to me. What do you think? Oh, boy. I mean, uh, there's <laughs> VR is still a growing medium. Um, and there's some real awful games out there. Let me tell you, I think one of the worst ones is probably Orbis VR. That was one of the first games oh. that we ever did. That's one of the first games that we ever did as host together on Full Dive Gaming. And let me tell you, every moment inside that game was painful. <laughs> <laughs> just everything was wrong about that game. The way that you went about doing things was wrong. Even finding your friends to game up with was wrong. Every experience that you can possibly imagine. I mean, MMORPGs in and of itself are awful. But then combining that with this game just made all of those awful parts even more awful. It, it was truly the worst experience. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, what, what's what's a game you've been in that just just disappointed? Um, well, actually, I, and I'm not just saying this to be polite, I've not experienced really bad VR games purely because I'm really um, picky when it comes to downloading them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, every sort of it, well, nearly every experience that I've had in VR has, hasn't really been that bad, but that's purely because I'll 
purposely pick good ones to to buy or download. So I haven't actually experienced like a bad VR yet, um, which I suppose is a good thing. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> See, but I'm, Jay, I'm, yeah, you see Jay sitting over there and here's the thing. Jay has experienced probably more games than either of us will ever experience in our lifetime. Oh, um, so I'm sure that he has thought long and deep about this question. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hard one because I could give a list of bad games, but there's one that stands out in my mind. It's called Weeping Doll. It's supposed to be this like horror game and you're like going around this house trying to solve these puzzles and it's just terrible the movement's terrible the design (laughs) is terrible and i was on a stream so i was like dedicated to figuring out this game and finishing it it got to one point in the game where you had to have all these puzzle pieces and one of them was just missing and so i restarted (laughs) the game and a different one was missing and i restarted the game and three puzzle pieces of the same puzzle piece showed up and then (gasps) two were missing so there was no way to finish this stupid game and resolve these <laughs> questions in my mind it's just gonna haunt me forever because i never oh was able to finish that game uh weeping doll probably definitely the worst psvr game out there maybe one of the worst vr games of all time in my opinion <laughs> now coming from jay that is exceptionally low price so <laughs> <laughs> yeah bad bad stuff uh adam we had a, a good question from nexion we did so nexion asks I have a 3D printer and want to start designing my own models. What is a good program to start with? Now, 3D printing, it's one of the coolest things out there. And who knows, Kaylee, if if I know that you work as an artist, if you have any experience with this, I would love for you to to offer your input as well. But my brother has a 3D uh, printing setup, and there's a lot of good programs that you can get started with. Uh, Tinkercad is a really good, solid one to get started with. Design Spark um, is one where you can really grow with it. It's free amateur and, and you can go all the way to advanced. So it offers a little bit more in-depth look at it. But there's a lot of different programs. Now, Kaylee, uh, have you ever played around with any sort of 3D printing? No, I'm, I'm yet to try that purely because everything that I make in Tilbrush is sort of on a large scale and quite intricate. So um, I think I'd have to maybe simplify my work a little bit and play around with like smaller pieces and things like that um but it's definitely something I want to try um because I would love to sort of print out a little little version of one of my worlds would be amazing um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that would be really nice I would love to see just like just get like a green mat or something for the floor and then like 3d print each little thing you've made and just make like (laughs) a little make like a little snow village you know people do it like Christmas time or something out of one of your runs that would be the coolest thing and then be like hey do you want to see this in real scale put someone in the headset yeah that would be be so cool Uh, actually you just inspired me I was thinking maybe (laughs) I mean I just had this uh, amazing idea personally um I could make a maybe like a hanging mobile with all the islands Mm. That I've made oh. hanging from it, and then you could like hang it up on the ceiling, and then hang lights from it and stuff. That would be really cool. That that would be an amazing thing to like <laughs> show people. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stealing a little bit. This is this is a little off topic, but I actually saw a guy. He uh, put 360 cameras inside his daughter's dollhouse. And then no. made a VR environment out of the inside of her dollhouse that she could go mm. in and see it wow. all. And I was That's like, amazing. okay, that that, that kind of was where I got that idea from because I was like, that is the coolest thing. If I was a kid and I could get in my toy world, in, oh man, my, yeah. I would be done. I wouldn't go to school or anything. That would just be my whole life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, 
Speaking of your artwork, uh, we got a question specifically for you, Kaylee, here from Rip. He says that he really loves your stuff, your Patronus mm-hmm. painting. Wow. He said he would love to see that himself in VR. So he wondered, what influenced your decision to use VR tools to make the backdrops for your music videos? Well, well, first of all, thank you for that comment. That's really nice and cute. Um, but basically, half of that is really the convenience of being a virtual MC artist anyway. Um, because on the side of that, I, I play around with music and I like to sing and play the ukulele. Um, it just kind of made sense. So I, w- I wanted to um, maybe switch up my YouTube videos a little bit. I, I get a bit nervous seeing like on camera where it's just me and I wasn't like that overly confident anyway. So, um, and I get inspired by film a lot. And in my mind, like sometimes when I'm listening to a song or I'm watching a film, I will combine the two things together and I'll think of a, a song that will randomly match a film that I'm watching and then I'll go oh actually I want to make that in VR and experience it for myself um so I r- half of that is really convenience of being able to create like sort of captivating artwork I guess with VRs I was using it more as a just a di- like a different type of medium I suppose instead of you know more conventional tools and that kind of thing so I just really liked the way that it looked and I thought actually this could work quite well with like combining that with my singing and then I really liked just taking that further and experimenting with um like emotions and really connecting to the music and then I I quite liked it on a deeper level of um it being like a, a real place and the song existing in that place if that makes sense yeah so so yeah there's kind of like at first it was convenient and then actually as I got into it I was like this is really cool and I actually now I'm trying to figure out a way of um, having some sort of application where people can um, visit each of my worlds and it will have its corresponding soundtrack and they can sit Uh, in it and experience the music with that environment. Um, So that would be, that's kind of what I aim for eventually, just because on YouTube, people are obviously watching a 2D version of what I've made in VR. So I think another part of that is really allowing my friends and family who don't have access to VR to be able to experience my artwork without having a headset. So I like just showing my toolbrush work in that way for that reason too. So, yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many things. I, I feel like we could go, we could go on for like five hours with you on the podcast <laughs> yeah. because I have so many questions. But one of the things I said in the beginning, you're an artist. Maybe I should have went a little more specific. Like you do sculpting, but you're also a musician. You're a singer. Is there, what other things kind of go into your VR real quick? Um, so it's mostly, I would say the biggest combination and inspiration comes from music um and film i I think um the whole one of the main reasons i got i really took was taken by vr and and captivated was the idea that i was somewhere else and it's sort of the a similar way in which like you feel like when you're watching a film the escapism and just really not being in your own reality and as i was growing up i used to do that anyway i used to kind of imagine i was somewhere else and i suppose it's a coping mechanism in some ways too but um I just really liked that aspect. So um, when it came to like playing my music, there's so many similarities as well with um, like the audio aspect of VR. It's, it's so important um, when you're anywhere in virtual reality that the sound is like captivating you as well, making you feel like you're there. So I think that just kind of went hand in hand. So mostly it's my it's my music, really. Ah. Um, I quite like the contrast of... Um, the fact that I, I skateboard as well. I, I wrote it at uni, I wrote a bit about it in my dissertation, how 
the harsh reality of skateboarding and hitting the ground and my face against concrete and when you compare that to going in VR where you're nice and safe and nothing, <laughs> nothing can hurt you in VR. So I quite like that contrast of like being able to take a break and just paint in a little san- like a sanctuary, really. So <laughs> I, I see that you've never played Orbis VR because that's exactly what it feels like playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, great questions from our community. But let's talk about what's going on in news this week. But before we jump too far into it, we're going to talk about this week's new segment sponsor, OKVR Esports Team. Not only have they been crushing it in the Omni Arena, but they're reaching out to enter into the VR Master League. Go ahead and check them out. But jumping into our news, Jay, what do you got for us first? Okay, Ready Player One fans, we got something pretty exciting going on this week. So IOI, the evil corporation in Ready Player One that wants to ruin the Oasis, the virtual world, our real-life version of them, Facebook, has said they're going to start rolling out ads in VR games. Now, of course, this is this has met the community with extreme hatred and extreme anger, but luckily, I, I've seen a few pictures of what they're talking about, and they are talking, at least for now, about non-intrusive ads. So, like, there might be a billboard on the wall behind us or something as an ad. There might be, as I'm walking down the street in VR chat, there could be a big banner or something up on a building. They're talking about at least incorporating them into the VR world, but they did say you're not going to be able to block these ads. You can block certain ads. So like, oh, I don't like this company. I don't want to see this ad from them again, kind of like you do on Google. But then there's going to be another ad popping up in its place. Uh, Kaylee, I- I'd love to hear your opinion here. Maybe first, what what do you think about ads in the virtual world? good or bad does that is the money good what do you think um well personally i'm not surprised that this is gonna happen or is is just they're everywhere so i think in a weird sort of scary way i'm so used to ads that Mm. i my immediate reaction actually wouldn't be that sort of like intense hatred because i'm so used to it um it's almost like even if they just slyly introduce them and I saw them all over an app I probably wouldn't even be like oh why is that there I would be so accustomed to it anyway which is really sad actually um but (laughs) but I think because of that I'm I think I've kind of got this like feeling like I've just given up with that sort of thing because it's just (laughs) it's almost like we have no choice so it's sort of I don't like it obviously um I think I think I think that sort of subtlety would be nice um more sort of the better. I don't, I think the idea of maybe like posters and things that aren't too intrusive would definitely be a lot better. Anything that doesn't impede on your experience of wherever you are in VR is obviously the nicest way to go. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, Adam. I mean, I feel like that we all knew this was coming from day one. As soon as Facebook purchased Oculus, we knew that this was the future that we were going to be heading into. I'm not as horrified, and and I hope I don't get like shunned online for saying these things. I'm not as horrified about this as as a lot of people are. Oh no, Jay's covering his ears over there. He's no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was adjusting the headset. No, you're good. <laughs> okay, it looked like you were so horrified you yeah. couldn't even hear what I was listening to. Oh no. Um, because honestly, it just uh, it's going to be good and bad, right? Obviously, it's bad because boob ads ads are the worst. Um, and it does feel a little intrusive to be 
playing a game that you paid for and still seeing ads be popping up everywhere, right? At the same time, one of the biggest things that we've kept talking about over and over in this industry is that there needs to be more money in the industry in order to get bigger players to start investing heavily. And this is going to be one of the best ways of doing it. Ads are another revenue stream for these people. And so when these bigger companies, a lot of them who are heavy, heavily ad uh, monetized, start seeing the revenues that you can get from this, they might start investing more into VR. We might start getting better experiences for the money that you're putting out into VR. So honestly, I'm not as horrified. And honestly, it, it might be a good thing in the wrong one. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually agree. The problem, I think, with things like this is we live in a world where people read the headline and don't actually read the article. Because if you told me right now, there's going to be ads in game. I imagine in my mind, like I go to open rec room and a 20 second video ad pops up in my headset (laughs) where I can't escape it. And I have to watch this ad where when you go actually look at it, at least to start, I mean, I wouldn't care if there was a banner behind us right now as we're talking that for coca-cola or some crap i wouldn't care that's oh hey please sponsor us right yeah (laughs) coca-cola banner in the background (laughs) you know it's it's actually it's more like the real world in vr rather than like your computer ads because you can be going down the street you're not even gonna you're gonna blindly pass them because you're so used to seeing ads everywhere that you're not gonna notice them in vr but if it was yes if it was pop-ups in my face i would hate that if it was some sort of banner that always followed me at the top unless I paid money. I would hate that. But as long as mm-hmm. they keep them non-intrusive, I'm fine with the idea of this bringing money in and helping other developers actually come into the scene. It's just there's always that like slippery slope feeling people have whenever they hear news that like, oh, well, where is it going to go? What's next? But at least where it's starting, I think it's okay. But yeah. What, what do you think out there? I'd love to know from people in the comments and stuff. Are you just, is this the worst thing ever? Should this only be in non-paid games? Because it is a little weird if you're paying for a game, there's going to be ads. That's that's kind of unusual, but. It, it feels odd, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. Only time will tell us the rest of the story. All right. Well, I'm going to pick up our next news piece. So this one, it's going to get a little bit technical, but please bear with us. So there's been a major breakthrough in plastic lenses. So when you when we're talking about VR improving, we need VR to get better. We're really talking about two different things. You have the hardware, so the actual headsets need to get a little bit better. And the software, people are making better content for the headsets that exist. We, we talk a lot about software updates, these good games that are coming out, advancements in game design. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the hardware. So there has been an update in how VR lenses are going to be able to be made. So in, in really simple terms, in headsets, in order for us to get better headsets, we can start putting more and more screens all around our face, right? Or we can get lenses to make it seem like we have high def screens in a much wider radius, but the screen itself is only really little. So there's this new type of lens called a pancake lens where it's really small. It fits just in front of your eyes and it's able to trick your brain into thinking that there's a much wider field of view and it's able to give you a much wider field of view for a lot less money. And so that this could really advance things in making VR headsets lighter and cheaper and a lot higher Uh, definition screens, which I mean, across the board is great. Now, it's very early in the process, like literally, they just submitted the patents. But if this is true, it could mean really big things. What do you guys think? 
Kaylee, what what how does this strike you? You're someone that doesn't do a ton of gaming. You're doing more. You're doing business. You're doing work. You're doing art in VR. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, um, I don't really know. I think my my the thing that I would focus on the most. I'd what I'd want to know is as long as the I think the durability of headsets didn't get any worse and didn't become like flimsy or delicate. That would be all I would be concerned about is because just because I, I'm really interested in um, experimenting with performance and dancing and where like, you know, sort of that untethered experience where I'm, I kind of want to be jumping around a lot. And if it, if it falls off or if I'm placing it down, things like that, like it, I think if, if any of it's going to change, I think as long as it, it didn't get it. It didn't get any any more delicate, really. Well, um, that's kind that's, of what my where my where my like focus would be on. I think that's a good thing to point out because Adam, these are going to be plastic, aren't they? They are plastic, yeah. So there's a concern mm. there because I mean, plastic. It's it's saying they're saying it's going to be lighter, cheaper, easier to make. But does that mean these are going to be more scratchable? I don't know, but I would imagine, especially yeah. if you're someone who wears glasses, glass against plastic, you're going to be risking. Uh, scratching these up, probably, I would think fairly easily. There might be coatings they put on them and things. We don't really know yet. It's pretty early to be speculating too heavy. But when you hear plastic, it definitely always the first thing is like, oh, crap, you got to be able to see through it. Is that going to cause a durability issue? So I'm curious there that uh, obviously, though, any any improvement is huge. That's funny because people thought the PSVR lenses were plastic. Uh, they're one of the few that don't use the Fresnel design where there aren't all these concentric little rings across them. And to me, still today, those and the Gear VR lenses were some of the best lenses ever made for VR. And it shocks me that we still don't use lenses like that in modern headsets because so many (laughs) of these new ones have these lenses that have all these concentric rings. And whenever there's a dark scene and a bright light, you get all this smearing, all these god rays, you get all this stuff that just pulls you out of the experience. So I hope that this can change that. And I don't know, maybe this will also help get us back towards OLED screens. I know that's a lot to hope for from something like this, but I just hope maybe this, if it's a smaller screen, maybe we can get more OLEDs back because I miss the true blacks of the old headsets. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what they're offering. So who knows? The future is now, I guess. (laughs) But once we get past the lenses, is there any other big uh, hardware improvements that we really need? Like that's the main thing, right? It's just the screen density. Is there any other improvements you'd like to see? Uh, well, I guess it kind of gets into the question, like, if we have these kind of lenses, do we still need all this plastic on our face? Because in their, in their renderings I looked at, they were showing, like, a pair of glasses with a little screen in front of them. It wasn't <laughs> this huge thing. So is it possible we could get some kind of, like, cyberpunk little glasses that cover the outside world? Because we still need to isolate from the outside world in VR. You yeah. don't want to see the world around the lenses. But if they covered your eyes, yet they were that little, they were that lightweight, it would make it so much more approachable for all the people who are afraid to put this big hunk of plastic on their face because they think they're going to look dumb. Uh, I, I think the the size, weight, look, and then, of course, the lenses, if, that, if all that comes with it, then we're talking the future of VR that we've been waiting for. We're talking actual glasses you just put on and you play the game and it's such a better experience than this heavy hot thing i have on my face right now well we can we can only hope (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well from here we've we've got some games to talk about this week we got kaylee here 
We're so excited to hear some of her thoughts on this. So all of us went in and we actually spent some time in the art world. We jumped out of gaming and we said, hey, we're going to go culture ourselves. We're going to step up our game and we're going to go to a museum in art. So we all went and saw the Museum of Other Realities. Kaylee, I'm sure you have the best perspective here. So why don't you kind of tell people what this is like as someone new walking into it and what you thought of it? Well, my initial reaction um, was I was kind of, I was really impressed, really, especially when you first walk in. I think it's quite self-explanatory where you need to go and what there is to see. I really liked all the, like, yeah, just how self-explanatory everything was. I think it was pretty easy to navigate the only the only issue that I had was when I first got in um I sort of accidentally in true Kaylee fashion accidentally catapulted myself on <laughs> some somewhere in the <laughs> museum and I I was I was right in front of this gigantic sort of it looked like an eyeball basically a massive <laughs> immense eyeball with like tentacles coming out and I actually have megalophobia and and that's actually that was actually induced by vr in the first place so when um when i first got there i was i kind of walked in and then just got catapulted in front of this thing and just like had to like quickly take the heads off basically because i was so scared um but so that initially i had to sort myself out a little bit because i i kind of set myself off wrong i think because um after that i was just a bit shaken um (laughs) so i had to calm so after i'd calmed down um yeah i had a really nice time (laughs) once i'd gone to the more like the prettier (laughs) sort of exhibits but um but generally i thought it was i thought it was brilliant i just um yeah initially i had to sort of avoid the larger sculptures um just because I get, I just feel quite uneasy with things like that. Um, I have to really get used to it and adapt. But, um, but yeah, I thought I, it was really nice to see some of like the people that I recognise as well in there. And I hadn't really looked. I wanted it to be a surprise um, with who was exhi- exhibiting as well. And I really liked that. I was like, oh, wow, it's Danny and, and Stella and everything. So I, I thought it was really, really nice. A very good variety as well, which is always good to see. Um it wasn't just one style and one program. I really liked that. It was it was so diverse. So yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I was in there for a good amount of time too. So must have had a good time. <laughs> yeah, you said a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Museum of Other Realities. It's basically just a virtual museum full of other people's artwork and projects and things. Uh, but it has like festivals that are coming up that you could pay money to go see them. At the moment we're recording this, I can't guarantee by the time this podcast comes out, but the moment we're recording this, it's free on Steam. It's usually 20 bucks. It's free. So get it if it still is and go check it out because it's worth it. Uh, Kaylee, I was super curious because when I was walking through, I was like, some of these names look kind of familiar, but I'm not really in with the art scene. What what percentage would you say you knew of when you were in there? Oh, probably. So. Well, I mean, when, when I say I know them, like over like my VR, yeah. like sort of contacts online. Yeah, definitely. Probably probably 60 percent yeah nice. wow there's only there's only a few that i was like oh they're new um in some some uh kevin mack actually um i have to say was a really nice surprise because he was the first vr artist that i'd ever come across ever like when i first um like like experienced vr and then got into that whole vr art world and had to study it for university when my tutors were asking for references he was my first ever vr reference um so that was amazing to see his work in there and get to walk through it because I'd never had actually done that. And ironically, at university, 
I couldn't, there was nowhere for me to see his work. Um, so I was writing about it and then being able to see his work in the Museum of the Orientis is really nice. That was like a really cool moment for me um, to see his work. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I wrote about him in my, in my essays <laughs> at university. That's amazing. And then, and then being able to like move around and seeing Danny's work and um, all the tip, like it's really nice seeing like tilt brush everywhere. Um, and sometimes being able to see a piece of work and actually not being able to recognize which program is, because a lot of the time you eventually, especially like the more that you use each program, you get to, it's more easily recognizable. Uh, yeah. There's kind of like a distinctive style, but when sometimes you get people who can really like blur the style and I think that's so clever. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Adam or Kaylee, did either of you actually interact with anyone? Because there's other people walking around the museum. Were, did either of you interact with anybody socially while you were in? I had a chance to interact with someone socially for just a little bit. Because um, you, you, you walk in and you don't have to interact with anyone. Uh, you can turn off the social scene and they'll just view as ghosts just sort of floating around. I went in and I don't know, I wanted to talk some, to some people. So I turned that on. Um, and there's this one other guy, he was just completely new and we just went through and we looked at a couple different exhibits together, nothing too much. And then I ran out of time and had to head out, but it was really interesting. And it turned it from this, I, I got to say, it really made it seem more like an actual museum experience where you know that it's not just you solo in the middle of your room. I'm, I mean, cause that's what I was doing and alone in my office, just experiencing these things. But it felt more like a living museum where people are actually coming in and you always get this little bit of appreciation being able to share that with someone else, yes. being able to look at an exhibit and not just going, wow, that looks really cool. But looking at someone else next to you who's also admiring this exhibit and knowing that in, even in just that little way, hundreds of miles apart, that you're being able to experience that same thing together. It's a really cool feeling for me. Kaylee, did you talk to anybody? Um, I tried to, but maybe my mic was accidentally muted. <laughs> same, same. Because I was like yelling people's names. I was like, can you hear me? And yeah. <laughs> you could actually customize your avatar in the game. And I had yeah. done that to try and like make it look like I was someone who like knew what I was doing. But then I kept trying to talk to people. And I think my mic was off because they would like, they would look at me because they'd see me moving. And then they would just look away. <laughs> so I, I hope my mic was off. But that was the thing I was even saying as I was in there. I was like, man, I wish I could get another PC up and running and get Natalie in with me because I thought this is so beautiful and it's so amazing to see all these things that people have created. And not only are you looking at some little scale model, you can teleport into the model and go yeah. see the inside of it. Uh, so I was like, man, I wish Nat was here with me because I'd love to see these together. And then there's hallways that not only have art, but they have uh, some of them have the games and some of them have the art from games and some of them have these other documentaries and things you can experience together. You pay like 15 bucks for the big cans festivals going on and you can go down this whole hallway of these things and go see them all. And I was like, I would love to be doing this with someone because I just felt a little too solo. Uh, and I was just like, oh, I wish I was having that. So Adam, I, I'm kind of jealous that yours was working because I really wanted to experience this with other people when I yeah, was doing it. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> I got to <laughs> say, it was really cool. That would, I think that would take it over the top. And then I was honestly, Kaylee, I kept looking to see if I'd find your name on something because I was half expecting yeah. to find something of yours in there. And then there was this one person's name, uh, Elizabeth something. I was like, is it Elizabeth possible? Edwards, yeah. I was like, is this another name that she goes by? I was like, is this maybe oh. hers? The style kind of felt like it could have been yeah. something you made. Yeah. 
She's uh, a really big inspiration to me. Yeah, she's brilliant. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome yeah. that you knew the people too, because that's always cooler. Uh, if it's still free, go get it on Steam. Uh, the only thing I would say that drove me crazy, did anybody figure out a way to not have to teleport everywhere? No, it drove me insane. Yes. <laughs> but you see, the thing is that you have to do it because you're able to like teleport into exhibits. And so you can't really do that with, with free movement. So, yeah. I mean, it was necessary, but frustrating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that almost, I, I got in and tried to figure out a way to turn off movement. And I got to say, I almost quit the game right there if it didn't have free movement, just because it's that frustrating to me. But I'm I'm glad I stuck through it, and there's a lot of great things to experience with it. So yeah. it's it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And the museum's huge, and the problem with it is to teleport, you have to like hold your analog stick set forward for a second, and then this thing like appears. So when I got down like a long hallway, getting back out of the hallway was a chore. So I was like, <laughs> one teleport. <laughs> Two teleport. <laughs> three teleport, trying to get all down this hallway because you don't teleport very far. So I wish they yeah. would change that. I mean, let you walk around, but let you teleport into the exhibit and then go from there. Like, give us both abilities. That just felt kind of like old VR, you know, only teleporting. Yes. It was the only choice. That drove me a little crazy about it. Uh, but beyond that, so many beautiful things to see, so many exhibits to go into. And it, for someone like Kaylee here who has a great appreciation and is involved in this, it's probably a lot cooler. I was still impressed, but I just kept taking it back to like, there's this scene in Blood and Truth, this PSVR game, where you go through a museum and a lot of it was like that. And I was like, oh man, this takes me back to that. Like, this is really cool. I just, I didn't want to be alone. So next time I got to get someone in there with me. <laughs> uh, I think this is, you said a lot of the artwork looked like it was made in Tiltbrush. So Kaylee, is Tiltbrush the main thing that you use when it comes to VR art, or do you use an assortment of programs? Kind of tell us about that. I don't know much about it. I've I've barely used yeah. it. So kind of tell us what what's the how does it all work? Um. Well, I I use yeah I predominantly use Tiltbrush purely because that's kind of where I feel at home personally. But some people use um, several different programs. It depends what your what your intended like final result you, you want what you want that to look like and what you're using it for um Tilbrush has really worked for me um just because people have used it and I've used it in so many different ways it's quite versatile and I think it's mostly the aesthetic that people are requiring with Tiltbrush and um that's kind of it just always works out that it ends up being the right thing anyway so even if some, some somebody comes to me and they're like oh could, would you be able to use Quill or another one we always kind of seem to come back around to Tiltbrush because it, <laughs> it just, it's just brilliant for that, for covering all bases, I suppose. And um, I mean, obviously, it just helps if if you can export it in any sort of if in the in the file that people want. It doesn't really matter. So I think on that side of things, Tiltbrush is just kind of it's it's just so useful <laughs> for so many different things that yeah, it's just worked for me so far. So my my pipeline is just really just Tiltbrush and then I literally export it. So I just spend all of my time in there. I create exactly what, because especially because I can take all my pictures from inside Tiltbrush. I really don't have to leave the app at all, um, especially when, for a whole commission, really. Um, I'm just in there and then once I finish, it's export and that's it, really. So, yeah. That's incredible. It, it, it's incredible that you can just create these entire worlds pretty much out of Tiltbrush, out of this one program. And, yeah. and for an artist, I imagine it's really exciting to not just be able to, to paint with your medium, but almost to feel like you're, you're living inside of it. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's why um, it's so successful as well, is especially in tilt brushes. There's just sort of this magical, ethereal feeling to it, and it's not daunting. It it it's just everything's quite instinctive in there. So yeah, definitely love the fact that I can experience my own artwork in that way because I do come from a more traditional background when it comes to my artwork. I was always more, much more of a photo realist actually when I was oh. younger. <laughs> well, that's um, quite a shift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think like that's what was so good about it. I went to, especially when I when I first went when I went to university to study fine art. Um, I I I wasn't really expecting. To, to, to do any of this to be honest just because of the I would always sort of end up in the same style every time that I drew it would always be very intricate detailed um I try and make things fairly realistic um so when I came across Vian started painting in tilt brush and seeing the drastic difference from what it looked like compared to my work in real life I didn't even worry about it too much. I was usually um I, I didn't really prefer um sort of abstract um are in that way really before that so it was really good for me to get out of my comfort zone as well um but it didn't really feel like out of my comfort zone that's what's so odd about it is that when in real life I, and even now I, I still draw the same as I always kind of have done it's not really that it's almost like when I go into VR and I paint in VR it's like a completely different artistic ego in in that sense because it hasn't it hasn't wow. affected the way that I draw in real life if that makes sense you would kind of wow I would assume it would have it before. I thought, oh, maybe now when I draw, I'm going to be looser and more fluid and more colourful. But actually, no, I'm, I'm kind of like very separate in that, um, which <laughs> it's, is, it's quite cool, yeah. That's that's a great call because it's completely different, basically. It expanded yeah. your world. But it's kind of like if you're someone who, you know, likes to sketch and you go and sculpt something, it's not necessarily going to translate what you do. So VR is almost, it's this whole new thing where maybe maybe i don't know maybe sculptors feel differently about that that's a great call out uh what i yeah. should have asked i realize now i should ask this first we're gonna back bell just for a second if someone came to you and said what is tilt brush i have no idea i've never heard of it how would you explain it to them i would explain it as a canvas which is is really a room it's it, you paint you paint in the space around you so whereas in in real life you would have a paper and it would be against a surface and you're leaning on it and you've got that whole hand-eye coordination that you're used to Tilbrush kind of throws all of that out the window you've got <laughs> no um laws of gravity like laws of physics so it's just sort of limitless in that sense that you are painting through the air virtually and um there is that three-dimensional aspect to it so it's almost like everything's suspended really there's no surface or rules so um you just kind of go with the flow I mean I've seen people that say that they aren't they they're not artists most of the time and then they go in VR and they're just captivated and they off away they go they're just like drawing all over um so yeah it's just really like a canvas but it's just the space around you it's re it is actually quite hard to explain it's it's one of those where you have to be there to understand it I suppose um but it's it's brilliant it's it's honestly it you basically have a toolbox on your left on well you can choose which which hand you want it in but you have a toolbox and select like a wide selection of brushes and some of them are animated so um your work kind of can come to life quite easily um but it's quite instinctive and natural so i feel like people usually take to it quite quite quickly yeah they do i've put people in it 
uh, who have some art skill and they just, the minute they start, it's so intuitive. Like they, they just draw a line in the air and there's always this like pause. They like stop and look at it like, wow, I can do yeah. this. Like it's, it's yeah, such so a, true. it's such an amazing experience because you can just draw in the air. You don't have to, there's no difficulty of like, oh, I'm drawing on this or I'm sculpting this thing. I, you, it's just complete freedom. And not only that, yeah. but there's abilities to scale it. So if you wanted, you can make this huge face really detailed and then you can scale it down to a much smaller version. So it's a normal size, but all that detail work you put in is still there, which there's, there's nothing like that in reality that we can do. That's, that's like that. It's, it's such an unusual experience. Every time I'm in it, I just wish I was more of an artist because I feel like I'm just squandering its potential, even playing (laughs) or using it, you know, because it's so amazing. Uh, (laughs) You insult it just by being in there. I I feel like (laughs) that. I feel so bad. Uh, but you were talking about, so to me, I always thought Tiltbrush was an art program. You did art, but you're saying that you like export this and then you give it to people who don't even have VR. So like, this is something, can people 3D print this stuff? Can they, what, what happens to these files? I don't know any of this. So after you're done with them, what are these becoming afterwards, I guess? Well, sometimes, so you can't, you can export the the files and 3D print from um, if you take it into Unity and you can play around with it, so so people ha- people have three D printed from Tiltbrush, but I most of the time I'm I'm giving them the Tilt file um, unless they are taking it into Unity or some kind of similar game engine where they want to use it as the sort of skeletal basis of something, like using it as a mesh almost. So wow. so it really depends on on what where it's useful and that kind of thing. Like sometimes, well, I would say probably. Half of the time, I'm not even really giving them a tilt the tiltbrush file all or even the model. They, I'll t- I'll take a snapshot of the picture, and that's enough for them. I'm just just the concept wow. art. They just really some people just really like the aesthetic, and they like the fact that it's it looks 3D, and but they like the fact that they know that it was made in an alternate reality. So it kind of on a deeper <laughs> level. Some people just really take. They just really like. They just like the way that it looks. So sometimes. Obviously, we're we're raving about the VR. Virtual reality is amazing. Being inside it, but some people don't that don't have a headset or aren't in the industry are are still take. They still like the way that it looks, and they're interested in it. So, yeah, sometimes um, I just I'm just selling this. This is literally the snapshots of my work. So it's I can I get to experience, it, but sometimes the uh, my, a lot of my clients don't even step foot in the work that I create, which I think is fascinating because. It's almost like a whole other world that they they don't get. I mean, I, I can offer it to them, but they can't do anything with it unless they've got a VR headset. So, I think that's really interesting. That that really is, and I'm I'm so curious so much about. Like I said, I feel like we could talk about this forever. But something about VR and gaming, Adam, Adam, you know this. The gaming world still doesn't take VR super seriously. A lot of people hate on it. You know, there's diehards like us who are in love with it. Does the art community? think VR is a future, do they, do they take it seriously or is it kind of the, in the same spot it is with gaming? Um, so personally, um, for, well, from the VR community, I mean, obviously the whole Tiltbrush community and everything, obviously we're dead serious about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure about, I can't really speak for everyone else who isn't in VR. I think that a lot of people are trying and um, I've, I think it's a re- it goes to show with the people that 
are asking for my they're, they're asking for my artwork um even though they don't have a headset i think that's a good sign they're yeah they're trying to get involved and and, the, and they'll ask me oh actually how could i use they, it's like it's like sometimes they don't even have a project set up but they'll be like i love your work and i want to be able to use it i want to use vr now and it i think that's really cool um but i think yeah there is some like i think it's it can be a little bit intimidating and people um kind of uh, forgetting the whole point of art and how like broad the spectrum of art is uh so personally i didn't have I-, I had a bit of a struggle at university trying to um open people up to what i was doing and the idea that i was creating work in a completely different way like it is on un- it is on un- unorthodox and i and i completely understood um my like the problem people some people had with um accepting it or figuring out where that was going to fit on the course and um especially being the only person especially if if you're on a course like I was where you're the only person that's interested in that or and then suddenly the university's like oh we don't have the resources for you and but then I was I was so passionate about it so I think that 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 was a bit of a struggle for them um uh, especially because I, I came across it so randomly and then was suddenly decided this is me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have to do <laughs> VR. Um, so I was pretty adamant that that's all I was. I wasn't budging at all. So I personally have experienced people who it's almost like um, they could sort of hit a brick wall with it sometimes. And you really have to like find a different way of like making them understand, um, especially in that sort of like um, that university setting where I'm going there to obviously study something and then I choose what I want to study and they're like no <laughs> so yeah. that, that was pretty hard yeah so um but I think people are trying and um I've seen already seen that um the same university that I went to is now uh taking more steps to involve VR into the art practice um so hopefully if I went back there and I had a look maybe they would have their own sort of permanent residential headset that would be nice um uh i'd have to try not to be a bit bitter about it because when i was there i i really really struggled and had to like bag and bag um but luckily tiltbrush actually the hand of patrick hackett came into my life <laughs> and uh, sorted that whole thing out so that was really nice actually um i had that was actually really cute to mention actually that the vr community basically saved my degree um wow. Because I was I was struggling so bad so much at, in, it, when it came to my third year uh, sorting out a degree show, which is basically at the end of your uh, usually on an art course you have this show where you'll show your final piece and you'll have an audience like your all your friends and family will come to the show and it's a public event and um, I need really needed a, a headset for it and the uni had an issue with the security of keeping the headset there overnight which I completely understand this one that I was borrowing from one of the tutors and the security of the PC. So we had to attach the PC to the flooring uh, of this, um, huh. the level, the fine art level. Um, and, but yeah, there was a bit of a mishap with being able to get a headset. So uh, I kind of went straight to Twitter in a panic and was like, Oh no, in capital letters. I think it will still be on there somewhere, like really embarrassingly. Um, <laughs> me sort of panicking, saying, Oh no, um, I haven't got a headset um, for my, literally, my whole final, final piece is in VR. <laughs> uh, so I have nothing to show. It's virtual. <laughs> it doesn't really exist without a headset. Um, can anyone like lend me one? And I had so many responses. I was so overwhelmed, but it was so nice. Everyone was just like 
doing their bit and like I got so many messages from all over the world it was so so nice that's and incredible it was so that's when you really know like oh wow these people are amazing they, like they love VR so much that they see this student who's really like like trying to show their university what VR can do and then uh like be, kind of being let down so that was super nice so eventually when uh, Patrick Hackett from Tiltbrush when he saw that he was nice enough to send me a headset instantly so that was he literally without that happening I would have really struggled I don't even know I probably wouldn't have even been able to exhibit my work so which which actually like it goes towards your grade so wow yeah it was it was amazing that's a that's such an amazing story and I think VR has a power that we don't always realize because that was kind of the same thing when I first got into VR I was like this is it like this is (laughs) like this is the thing I care about and I want to be involved in. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what do you have some questions for Kaylee? What, what, what have we not answered here that you think the listeners might be curious about? Yeah, so, so this is one question that I've kind of been thinking about. Um, I know that you really prefer Tilt Brush and you mentioned a couple of other programs. Uh, someone who's looking to get into this, they try out Tilt Brush and eh, maybe it's not for me. What other programs can you recommend to sort of get the same uh, artistic expression in VR? Yeah, well, I think it really comes down to what type of artist that person is. So I think with if you are more of an illustrator, but Tiltbrush is a bit maybe too over the top with the neon lights and the animated brushes and maybe just the overall aesthetic isn't for you, I think Quill is probably, from what from my experience, I, thought, I, I really like Quill, actually. Um, uh, I think... For any kind of illustrative work, I think Quill works really well. And I know they have some really, really cool tools that Tiltbrush doesn't provide um, and that nice gradient effect and that kind of thing. So I definitely would recommend Quill for the illustrator. Um, but then if you're more of a sculptor, I can understand that those two might not give you that sort of versatility that you need when you're sculpting. Um, so I think sort of masterpiece VR or medium um it's probably better for gravity sketch uh, is better for that sort of thing i actually um I, I tried out a new one called argil sculpting and that's a that's a it's a bit like masterpiece and the and medium um but that that was quite cool actually i think that's a new one and um i personally i'm not a sculptor so i think i was <laughs> even though i it looks like i i, I create sculptures my um sort of the motion that I'm doing is is really illustrating if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so I think it really depends on how you see yourself and how you physically work um especially in VR it is different as well um uh so I kind of put myself in that illustrator box but yeah I think for anyone uh sculpting that maybe doesn't hasn't really found what they want maybe Argil I I just I just got messaged by them on Instagram and they seem really cool and that was a re- I thought it was nice even though I'm not a sculptor. I think a sculptor would have a good time in there, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a different way of working. So, uh, But it there's... sounds like there's an incredible breadth of programs to be able yeah. to do this. This oh, is like yeah, an definitely. entire world that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot of choice, to be honest. Um, and they're all on, like, all these communities are on Discord and that kind of thing. And they're really nice to talk to and they'll take on loads of feedback. They're always, like, welcoming. Um, feedback all the time and trying to make things better for artists so i think that's really cool 
that that is awesome. There's so many you didn't you mentioned that I didn't even know about. Uh, just for the listeners, I think is it Quill or Medium? Is one of them an Oculus exclusive? Do you know? Yeah, Oculus is Quill. Uh, Quill okay. is an Oculus. Yeah. So yeah, keep in mind if you're on Oculus, that's great. If not, you may want to look at some of the other programs. If you're out there and you're on <laughs> PSVR and you're you're hearing about this, you're like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, I don't think any of these main ones are, but there is Sculpt VR on PSVR. There's a harmonics one where you can play music and your art dances to the beat of the music. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was actually the first one I ever used. I used it for playing Pictionary with friends one night. The the artist for the Pictionary would put the headset on and draw in VR, and we would see it on the TV and have to guess mm-hmm. what they were drawing. Uh, so, yeah, there's a whole huge breadth of programs out there that you can check out. No matter what headset you're on, if you're interested in this, try it because it's such a different side of VR than the gaming that it's it's just so amazing. And if you have any art skill, you're going to feel a lot cooler than I do when I try to play them. And I draw a stick figure. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this stick. Figure. <laughs> uh, I think the last thing that I was kind of curious from about with you. So I've I, as a kid, we had this stupid movie maker program that my brother and I would play with. And it was just this thing way back in the day. But one thing that I noticed a lot of times was you're when you're doing something from 2D, like you might put a mustache on someone's face, but it's out here and you don't know that because you're only looking at one camera angle. Is there challenges when you go into a 3D environment and you like have to make sure that from different angles, this thing is going to look right? Uh, Kaylee, did we, did we lose you? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I <laughs> no. couldn't hear you then. Oh, uh Oh, well, I was just saying basically like when I played with this program as a kid before I would be like setting an object where I thought it was like connected to a character's face oh, or something right. yeah, and it wouldn't right. be when I looked from another angle. So is there challenges that VR presents that like flat art wouldn't normally have? Yeah, definitely. That, that is the number one thing to get, uh, to, that you come across when you first try these sort of artistic applications um so yeah it's definitely something to get used to so exactly how you just said it it's almost like the 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 depth of perception is something that you you do have to get used to um I noticed that when I first started painting in Tilbrush I would always sort of get that wrong um especially (laughs) if I was trying to paint something that was all on one level or one surface in front of me I would always sort of lean too far one way at one moment so and then when I would look to the side like you say everything would be almost like just like spread out and separated and isolated i noticed <laughs> that over time um I, I must your brain was just your, your sort of hand-eye coordination just must adapt because i just never have that issue anymore and i, I, I was actually thinking about this the, the other day because i did remember that i used to have that problem all the time that um if i would try and paint something um sort of all on one all on one level like sort of in a line usually where it really matters that uh, when you've got sort of like, especially in, in Tilbrush, when you try and paint something that is flat, um, if you're not against, there is a guide that you can import, uh, that you can import. Uh, so you're, it feels like in VR you're leaning against it. That really helps. Oh. But before that was a thing, because I used to use Tilbrush before these tools existed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would always, I would always struggle with that. But I noticed over time now that, now I've used it for so long, I, I just never have that issue. So it, it must be the, uh, that my my hand-eye coordination has got used to the distance, or I know to wet, like to keep my hand at the same level with where how my arm stretched out, and I think that's that's really fascinating. I've literally like my body's adapted because um, <laughs> I've I've noticed from that as well. It, it must be why I get a back pain <laughs> because I think you're tense yeah. for so long, especially <laughs> if it's a big piece and you you don't take 
as many breaks as you should do like <laughs> I don't uh, so I'm sort of in the same position for so long I think it must just be something that you end up picking up um it's it's completely normal to really struggle at the beginning so anyone thinking like I'm never going to get used to this like you 100% do and um there are guides and things that you can put in place to make that a lot easier that's super encouraging to me Adam did you have any any other curiosities here as we're you know wrapping what? up I think that should do it for us today. I thought it was just in, insanely fascinating to hear about all the intricacies in in the art world with VR. I mean, it's it's something that I don't have a whole lot of experience with, and it's really interesting hearing an expert in the medium be able to come and chat with us about it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Speaking of experts in the medium, Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on tonight. If our listeners are like, where do I find this girl? Where do I look at her artwork? What do I do? How do they find you? Tell us, tell us all about that. Um, so I'm kind of on everything. So my, <laughs> my main one is my YouTube. I think to really see my work um, in all of its glory is <laughs> probably my YouTube. So I'm Kaylee Eliza on YouTube. Um, that's where I upload all my I, I combine my VR art with my covers and I've made a, a playlist. So um, if I made any work for someone else, I'll put it in that in that VR playlist. Um, and then there's a music playlist. Um, so um, even if I can't upload it, obviously, because it's not my work anymore, once I've handed it over, <laughs> I'll put it in that playlist. And then I'm also on Instagram under Kaylee Eliza VR. Um, so it's actually at Kaylee underscore Eliza underscore VR. And that's basically, I use that as my portfolio. Um, so everything that I'm allowed to post, uh, like anything I've made in VR will go up there. And then I'm also on Twitter, just under Kaylee Eliza. And I just kind of share all of that same stuff. And on Twitter, I'll share a bit more, like probably more like behind the scenes stuff. Um, so if you like seeing half made <laughs> environments, I, I sometimes <laughs> post them on Twitter if I'm feeling confident. Uh, but yeah, they're the main ones really, yeah. Well, awesome. everyone, you should 100% go check out Kaylee on, on every platform she is <laughs> Thank so you so if much. You, so if you've enjoyed interacting with us, enjoyed listening and watching us on this podcast, come and visit us on Discord. We have an active community there, and you can submit QA questions for us to answer on the show, and you can influence us in some way in which games we play and what we talk about each podcast. Chat about all things VR. You can become a patron and help support the production of this show. And if you're listening to the podcast, check us out on, on YouTube. And if you're watching us on YouTube, we have plenty of audio options for you to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that when it comes to VR, you have to dive on it.